Welcome, everybody. It's so good to have you here this morning. Uh, all of the festivities and over here, right here, guys, over this way. <laughs> when there's so much going on, we're easily distracted, right? Thanks, guys. You guys are awesome. No matter what everybody else says. <laughs> See, I got to get those in whenever I can. <laughs> Yeah, I got to be careful. They be withholding my cookie allotment. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're so glad to have you here with us today. And um, thank you for your patience as we uh, kind of do things a little bit differently this morning and um, make room for our children in our program today. And uh, was that awesome or what? That was that was really cool. I was surprised at how well some of those kids were doing their lines. I, I, I remember being a young guy, you know, and a few years ago, and uh, trying to remember all these lines, and I just remember being so nervous about it, you know. And man, they just looked, they hit that bugger right out of the park, didn't they? They did a great job. Well, this is our third week uh, in our series of Advent, and uh, I just want to um, express to those of you who are new to us today that uh, we are going through this Advent um, series, and though it is not essential, okay, the Advent wreath, the Advent, th- these things are not really mentioned in the Bible, okay? However, however, when we go through these Advent things, it helps us, it's a tool to help us focus on the things that are mentioned in the Bible, okay? And so this this wreath, this uh, Advent wreath is a tool that helps us to remember and to focus on the things that are important, the things that are really important, all right? Let's face it, around the holidays, especially, especially Christmas, and uh, around times like these, we can easily get distracted and begin to um, allow our focus to be on, okay, now I've got five more gifts I've got to get. Um, you know, I've got to make sure I get my list to all my people so I get what I want. I've got to make sure that I get um, uh, these correct, uh, the, the right cookies made. Um, I've got to get all my decorations. I've got to do all of these things, right? And pretty soon you're like stressing out because you've got all these things to do. And the one thing that is the most important of it all, which is over here in this little manger, right? That was the focus and should remain the focus of this whole time, right? Not that we can't enjoy those things, all right? Let's get that straight. Though All those things are fun and they're so much a part of it and uh, family and, and all those things. But we got to make sure that our focus as believers, as Christians, really remains on the thing that is the most important. Amen? And so the Advent wreath and these candles, things like that, they, if you were to take them away, it would, it would mean nothing. Uh, with them, it really doesn't do anything other than help us to focus on the things that are important. Okay? And so... This week, I want to focus our attention on the topic of peace. 
All right. Now, listen, I'm going to need your help a little bit here. And I know that you can be very vocal, some of you. So what I'm asking of you today is to help me. Let's, let's make a list. And, and um, I did a little bit of this with the uh, Christian school the other day, and they helped me out a great deal. But if we had to make a list of all of the things that have to do with Christmas that our minds think about when it comes to Christmas, what would that look like? It'd be a pretty, pretty good-sized list, wouldn't you say? All right, so what I want you to do is, in a somewhat orderly fashion, <clears throat> I know that's really hard for you guys. That was a joke. <laughs> it's okay to laugh in church. <laughs> um, so what I want for you guys to do is to help me out um, with this list. So when you think of the word Christmas, when you think of the season of Christmas, what are the things that come forward? Thank you, Mike Zidell. Cookies. That would be probably one of the most prominent on my list. All right, what else you got? Raise your hand. Stockings. I heard Christ. All right. Family, yes. Eggnog. Friends. Decorations. Celebrate. Shopping, yes. All right. So we don't have to be churchy, guys. All right, we get it. We're in church. Okay. Anything that comes to your mind regarding Christmas, whether it's about Jesus or not, is, is okay, is acceptable. All right. What else? Huh? Food, yes. Presents, of course. What else? What else you got? Christmas cards. Lights, absolutely. Snow. <laughs> yes. Snow days from school. Of course. Of course. You know, there's a big thing going around now that in order to get a snow day, you have to flush a um, ice cube down the toilet. You got to put a spoon under your pillow and you got to wear your PJs inside out. And then you get a snow day. Yeah, that's the latest. All right, anything else? When it, Mrs. Peters, the lovely Mrs. Peters. Cole. <laughs> that's her stocking. That's her stocking. <laughs> what else? Anything else? Hallmark movies. Oh, Lord Jesus. Yes, the ever-present Hallmark movies. Vacation. Vacation. Wait, the movie or? Yeah. No, okay. All right, vacationing, yes. Bills in January. <laughs> Bills in January, yes. No time for Jesus. Okay. Huh? Advent calendars. So what are you trying to get on my good side now? Elves. Yes. Or how about Buddy the Elf? Everybody knows Buddy the Elf, yeah. Yeah, yeah. People being nice to eat each other, maybe they would consider it the spirit of Christmas, wouldn't you say? Those would all be a part of it, right? Anything else before we, uh, we move on? Yes. 
Tim Allen, the Santa Claus, of course. Which one? One or two? Two. All three. Yeah, there's three. All right. So let's, let's continue on. Thank you for helping me. But now, if, if we had to, if now on the other day when I did this with the kids, I had a big white marker board that I put all these things on and we could look at them. But um, so all of these things, I would say 99% of them have very little to do with the real reason for Christmas, right? There might have been a few out of the maybe 20 or so that we listed that had um, something to do with the real, the real thing, right? And so what these things give, the gifts, the cookies, the decorations, and, and all these things, they give what I would characterize as a temporary or fleeting pleasure, okay? They bring us peace or joy for a limited amount of time, and then pretty soon they're a pain in the neck. Your decorations. I don't know about you guys, but it takes me two months to get all of my decorations up outside. Two months, and I'm still working on it, okay? My, my yard is like a winter wonderland out there, with or without snow, I might add, Okay? So we spend all of these time, you know, and money and all of these things, and and before you know it, it's gone. All the preparations for the meal, you know, this great meal, we're going to have an awesome meal. I hope you guys are staying, because if you don't, I'm going to have to eat your portion. (laughs) All of the preparations that are made are soon gone. All of the wrapping that you did. All of that beautiful paper is just like, ah, get up, get this stuff off. And it's gone. All of the time that you spent shopping for the perfect gift, making sure that you, you, you stayed within your budget. That was not a joke. <laughs> kind of. It's hard staying within the budget, isn't it? Yeah. But all of these things, they pass just like wind all right and pretty soon they're gone or pretty soon the thing that the the greatest thing maybe guys that greatest tool that you got on christmas morning or ladies that greatest piece of clothing and i know i'm kind of pigeonholing everyone but the kids that that greatest toy you know after a while it's like eh what else you got what else you got you know pretty soon we're wanting something else to make us happy or to bring us joy or to bring us peace again. Isn't it? They bring us a temporary pleasure. These things cannot fill our hearts with lasting peace. Do you know that around Christmas time there are many people that are alone, that are depressed, and I might even add angry. Yeah? Well, you would think, why? Why at the, the most joyous time, I would argue, of the year would people be so down, depressed, and, and sad, or angry, or, or bitter? Maybe they've lost a loved one. Maybe they're missing somebody that they love dearly. Maybe they made some mistakes in their lives, and they're and they're 
reaping the consequences of those things, and, and they're hurting right now. Maybe there are relationships within their family or friends that are strained. Can I get an amen there? Yeah. All right. And so at Christmas time, where it should be joyful and the family's all gathering around, well, I'm not maybe looking so forward to being around my family or my friend because of, and you guys can fill in the blank. All right. It happens so easily. It happens all the time. And so then Christmas becomes a time of where we're dreading. It can become a time of dread. All right? Can I just tell you that no amount of toys or gifts or tinsel or Christmas cookies, beautiful lights or decorations, meals, Christmas carols, which was not mentioned, by the way, Hallmark Christmas movies, kisses underneath the mistletoe. No amount of Santa Clauses, ugly sweater contests, Christmas spirit, none of these will ever, ever, ever be able to bring and keep peace in our hearts. None of it. It is all fleeting. It is all temporary. Many people, however, believe that these things will bring them peace. If I can just make it to that next rung on the ladder of progression in my job, I will be happy. If I can just get married, I will be happy. If I can just have 2.5 kids and a two-car garage and a really nice house, I will be happy. But those things, they don't fill you, complete you. They, They fill in a gap for a little while, all right? Now, I, I would bring the argument that a husband and a wife and children can really fulfill you very much, but even that cannot even compare. It's not even in the same ballpark as when Christ comes into your life. It fulfills you, and it gives you the purpose for which you were put on this earth. It gives you that sense of motivation. You've got a job to do. You have a purpose here on this earth. You're here for a reason. Have you ever wondered? Am I the only one that has ever wondered, why am I here? Yeah, I think that... Everybody wave. (laughs) Um, The... I think that so many people in the world are lost because they have no sense of purpose from God. We were created with a desire, with a God-shaped hole in our hearts, if you will, that only God can fill. No amount of toys, no tinsel, no amount of love, no amount of job progressions and promotions, none of these things can ever fill that spot that God can fill. You may feel as though you have a bit of a purpose. Maybe you're a mom and a dad, and that does give you some purpose. There's no doubt about it, all right? Maybe you've got a 
uh, a job, and, and that gives you some purpose. Yes, it, it does. But what is your life's purpose? If somebody were to ask you, why are you here? How would you answer that question? Ooh, that's a tough one. <coughs> why are you here? Interesting question. God has provided the only way for us to have lasting peace in our hearts. And it began with a baby in a manger. And I just still can't, every time it comes to this season, and every time I think about it, I just, I think about, okay, we're talking about the Son of God here, all right? The Son of God, and He was born in a box a wooden box, maybe, where they feed the animals. He was born in a shed, a manger. Think about that. Now, that's, that's pretty low. That's very humble, I would say. That's very contrary to what you would think the Son of the Almighty would be born into, wouldn't you say? And wouldn't you think there would be some sort of herald, somebody that is great, maybe from the king's court, that would be traveling down the streets with the trumpets? Da, 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 da. Everybody, look what's going on over here in this area. Come and look. Come and see. Give alms to this little child that is born in, in royalty. But no. He had shepherds who were out in the fields, remember, as it talks about in Luke. Shepherds were out in their fields. And remember, shepherds were what? Yes, they were lowlifes. Exactly. Okay? Today, we don't, we, they don't have that sort of connotation about them. They have a positive, uh, you know, mental picture that comes up. But back then, they were lowlifes. They were dirty. They were stinky. They were thieves. And they were liars. And they were like the untouchables of society. And yet, who does God choose to spread the message that his baby boy is born? These people. So now, we've got lowlifes, we've got a shed, and we've got a feed box. What is God trying to communicate to mankind. Do you think maybe he was trying to communicate something to us through the humility, through the humbleness of, through which his, his son was born? The Christ child was born. You better believe he's trying to communicate something, friends. The message that he's trying to communicate is that all, all people, not only the upper echelon, can have access to this Christ child, even the lowly. So listen, if God would give the lowly access to this birth of his son, what would he do for us? Do you see the message? Do you see the importance of, of this lowly stable, this lowly manger, this the lowly shepherds, it's humble. And God is saying, you, though you are sinful, though you are imperfect, though you are fallen, come. 
and be reconciled to God. Come and be reconciled to God. He's saying, you have sinned. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all made mistakes. We've all not only made mistakes, but we've downright disobeyed. Yeah? Okay. Let's just, uh, we're, we're all in the same pool there, okay? All right. But here's the thing. God is saying, I am not willing to allow your sin, my sons and daughters, to keep you from me. I am not willing to leave things there. I want that you have full access to your heavenly daddy. That's what God sees us as. He is our heavenly daddy. We have complete access. We are not kept out of. Have you ever felt like this? All right. Let's say maybe some of you here today. Let's be honest, okay? Maybe some of you are not used to being in church, all right? Or maybe there was a time when those of you who do now go to church were not so comfortable in church, okay? And so when you got up to the doors of the church, you're like, oh man, are they gonna, am I going to get struck by lightning here? Are they going to escort me out of here? Are they going to embarrass me in front of everybody? Because I'm so sinful, you know, because I'm not like, I'm not like religious, Right? We, I think we've all felt that way, but I, I want to promise you, that's not the way God feels. That's not the way we feel, okay? And if God is welcoming those who are in the most far-off places or the lowliest of places or the highest of places, he welcomes them all, why should we not welcome them as well? Yeah? That, friends, is the message of the birth of the Son of God. Wow. God has provided the only way for us to be and to live in lasting, everlasting peace in our hearts. He provided everything that we need to find true and lasting peace through Christ Jesus the Lord. Our sin, you see, creates a great spiritual divide between us and God. Our sin separates us from God. Well, what is sin? Let's just establish some very basics here. Sin is disobedience to God, all right? Either knowing or unknowing, all right? If you go speeding down into Medina here and you're doing 55 down Main Street and you get pulled over, we've talked about this before. Now, I know that none of you do this, okay? But let's say that you get pulled over by the police and they say, sir or ma'am, you know that you were doing 55 in a 30 mile an hour zone. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Thank you for letting me go. And he's going to say, you are out of your mind. Okay. You will get a ticket in most cases. All right. So your ignorance of the law is no excuse, as they say. All right. Our ignorance, our whether we know or not, God's word does not mean that we can get away scot-free, okay? God's word stands. It is the standard, and if we're going to obey it, we have to know what it is, okay? Our sin created a spiritual divide between us and God. Our sin, in a sense, causes a spiritual death 
in our spirits and in our bodies even. It creates a decay, if you will. Everything that dies decays and then returns to the earth. And in a sense, our spirits do the same thing when we ignore God or we refuse to acknowledge God or we reject God. Our spirit goes into a state of decay. We have no purpose. We have no fulfillment. And the list goes on and on and on. God was announcing the good news of salvation from our sin in Christ the Lord. The birth of His Son. The God of our universe, the God of history, the God of the all-powerful, the almighty, the all-merciful God intervened in history, in the world, on our behalf. He loved you and me enough to step into history. Do you understand that? He stepped into history because of his great love for us. And that, friends, gives us peace. The Bible says, peace on earth, goodwill toward man. Peace on earth, goodwill toward man. That's coming from God to the earth. Peace on earth. He's saying, my peace I give to you through the birth of Jesus Christ. Peace on earth, goodwill toward men. That's not between me and you, friends. Goodwill towards men, that's between God and us. That's between God and us. Because our sin had separated us from God, and with the birth of Christ Jesus came the beginning of the plan of salvation, and Jesus lived 33 and a half years, was completely perfect, was completely God and yet completely human, and he became the sacrifice for our sins. Because he died on a cross, we are free from our sin. He was the sacrifice, and he took our sin to the cross with him. John chapter 14, verse 27 John chapter 14, verse 27. Now, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, okay? Now, he's telling them that soon he's going to need to leave. He's going to go return to where he came from, which is with the Father, okay? And he's telling them, guys, I know that I've been with you now for for three and a half years, but this is going to end, all right? My presence with you physically is going to end. I will return to the Father, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to leave you here with the Holy Spirit. Now listen to what he says in verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. Jesus is saying, my peace I give to you. This is my peace, peace that comes from knowing me, Jesus is saying, all right? Because of 
my sacrifice. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He's like the gate, all right? He is the way to heaven. When we die, we don't just automatically default to heaven. That is a lie from Satan himself. That's not the way the Bible says that it works. That's not the way God says that it works. Jesus provided a way for us to go to heaven through Christ Jesus the Lord. If, on the other hand, we reject Christ, if we say, or if we say, well, I'm not going to choose, I'm going to remain neutral. There ain't no neutral. In your choice of neutral, you have rejected Christ. And I've mentioned this before, uh, song and the lyrics that Rush, the band Rush used to sing. Anybody remember Rush? Some pretty talented guys, right? Um, if you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Man, that's true. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. And that is so true, all right? He made it possible for us to have peace through Him. Not a fleeting, not a temporary peace, that pleases us for a while, and then in a short period of time, we are wanting something else. This is peace that only Christ can give you. It is a peace that fulfills. It is a peace that redeems. It is a peace that saves. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. I love the Word of God. Have I told you that? (laughs) Chapter 3, verses 15 through 20. Now listen to this. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. In some versions it says, dwell in you richly. Maybe your Bible says that. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, the body of Christ, we were called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. And He says, it's not the kind the world gives. It's not the way that the world gives. Do you ever, you ever heard of the phrase Indian giver? I'm not really sure where that came from, and, and it's kind of racist if you ask me, but when I was young, if, if I would give my brother or sister something and I took it back when I was mad or something, you would be called an Indian giver. Indian giver, right? God's not an Indian giver. 
He's not like that. He doesn't give you something and then take it back. He doesn't give you something that is not going to accomplish the purpose for which he sent it out. All right? He sends out his word, and his word accomplishes what he wants and expects. The Bible says the word of God is living and active and sharper than any double-edged sword. Able to pierce between bone and marrow. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you. And that peace is a peace that only He can give. And it's a lasting peace, an everlasting peace. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, Are you with me? All right. Can't have nobody sleeping. Romans 5, 1 through 5. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have peace, peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we light the candle in our Advent wreath representing peace. May our hearts and our minds focus on the things of importance during these holidays. Let me just finish reading this, okay? One through five. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Whoa, 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 whoa. Glory in our sufferings? What's up with that? Well, it's not easy being a follower of Christ. But we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, the only peace that matters, the only peace that lasts, the only peace that comes from God is the peace that we need to seek and the peace that we need to remember during this Advent season. Amen? Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you have given us peace through faith in Jesus Christ. And I pray, Lord, that if there are those here today that have never received you as their Lord, as their Savior. I pray that they would do that today. I pray that the things that we talked about today would make sense to them. I pray that you would clear away the blinders that may be on our eyes today. I pray that you would unstop our ears, that we would hear and understand. 
I pray that you would help us, God, in our unbelief. In a number of different occasions in the Bible, the great people prayed, help me in my unbelief. Sometimes it's hard to believe. So we ask that you would help us with that. Help us to believe. And I pray that when we're eating together, that you would just bind us together in unity. I pray your blessings and your favor and your salvation on each and every person that is here today, young and old alike. And I pray that you would bring us back together again next week. In Jesus' name.